Hey, Kuya. Hey, Sigs. So, last episode, we talked about righteous anger or indignation and how it's really a signal or a sign for us to speak up. Yeah, that's right. So, I noticed that people can witness the mistreatment of others and we see the social injustice, but sometimes they find it they find it hard to speak up. Yeah, I noticed that too. Why is that? Well, Sigs, I think that there are a number of preconditions that need to be met before a person feels comfortable in speaking up. I think we should talk about that in this episode. Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabeg people. So Sigs, what do you think gets in the way of people speaking up and speaking out against social injustices that they witness? You know, my first thought is fear. Mm, Yes. I think fear very much paralyzes people to speak up. And when people have many fears as to what might happen if they do speak up and speak out about social injustices that they witness. If it is fear that stops people from speaking out, doesn't that mean that they shouldn't speak out though, right? Partially true, but the fear is also a signal that one might not be ready to speak out or prepared to do so. Quite often do we think fear run away, you know, it it sometimes Mm -hmm. indicates that one's safety might be threatened or even be in danger. So that's true. That's very true. It also indicates that one needs to ready themselves if one wanted to address, let's say, an oncoming or ongoing threat such as oppression or social injustice. And so, like, the way I kind of think about it is, if any of our listeners have pets, have you ever had a pet? I don't think you, I've known you to have a pet. No, just fish, but I don't think that counts. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, perhaps, actually. Perhaps if a fish Mm -hmm. gets scared, or a cat gets scared, or a dog gets scared, what's the first thing that you see that animal do, or that pet do, when they get frightened, you know, or startled? What they, happens to them? They, they just either jump or they almost like a freeze. Freeze right. and stand back or like draw back. And have you ever seen a cat or a dog get startled and see what happens to their eyes? They become wider and like dilated, like really, yeah. really dark. My wife had a cat. Exactly. And I, there's many times where I've just startled it, Taffy, and just that back up, eyes so big and almost like frozen, like just wide as soup terrines. Right. You know, so their eyes are wide because they're trying to figure out where the threat's coming from. But interestingly enough, you'll also find, especially after they've been frozen, they start to look around. And the reason why is they're trying to look for opportunities. And I think that that's really Uh. important to remember in terms of fear. Fear is about looking for opportunities. Sometimes we're not able to speak up to social injustices because we haven't taken it upon ourselves to get ourselves ready or take the opportunity to be ready. So that's kind of what I think. What do you think? Do you think also sometimes the fear links to the part where 
they might not be ready to flee or that you caught that thing where you're like looking for other places where what if their thoughts may be not incorrect or like something that is unique that's something that like you said they haven't readied themselves for this type of moment are you thinking of an example or a situation or anything like that? Well, sometimes where I've witnessed something, and I'm going to use myself as an example, where I, it's twofold. I, I remember being younger, and I was walking at the mall, and I was pushing my brother in, like, this stroller contraption. Now, listeners, my, my brother has cerebral palsy. He, he has a wheelchair, and he also had a stroller when I was younger. And I remember pushing by. I saw these kids and called him, like, a really... A horrible negative word and I like just paused like they were laughed and I just paused and I looked at them and I was just like ready to like I didn't even know what to say I just like walked as if like I ignored them and walked away from them and I didn't even like call out like the, that was rude or stand up but I was just like uh, what? what like fear of like they're just young kids if I yell at them like I, it was just almost like that in action of like what What's happening here? Like, I find, in, especially in the example that you've described, is that a bit of fear comes in, we freeze, there's a bit of shock that occurs, and then we got a thought out at that point. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of where what I think the work starts to occur. And I think that sometimes that fear and that shock is really a sign to get ourselves ready and practice for when the next occasion of injustice or mistreatment has occurred. So I think the question that we all have to ask ourselves, especially if we find ourselves having difficulty speaking up to social injustice, so just like that in that example, we have to actually ask ourselves or do a readiness assessment, which means reviewing ourselves or engaging in some type of self-reflection to ask ourselves, well, what skills do I need? So there are many skills that one might need in terms of being able to speak up. I think sometimes people think that you just do that naturally, but actually there's a lot of things that have to occur. Like sometimes you have to be knowledgeable about what you're speaking up to. You just can't blindly speak to an issue or an injustice. You may know that an injustice is occurring, but you you may not know how to respond to it. So it's really important to research. So asking yourself Mm -hmm. the question, what do I need more information on? And I know last year that was a lot that we were talking about, like where can I get some information on anti-black racism or racism or oppression? What are some podcasts that I can listen to, like Code Switch, NPR's Mm -hmm. Code Switch, for example? So reading up on issues being also critical of what you read. Not everything you read necessarily has the correct information. So we also have to be kind of media savvy oh. and inform ourselves ac- accordingly. Yes. <laughs> you know, that, I just find that like a really, really good point right now, Kuya. You're, you're totally right. You see everything you post on social media and people second guessing or switching or really like really rechecking their thoughts and, oh, wait, you know what? I need to do more background information on this. Yes, the comment I said previously was incorrect I meant it in this type of sense or oh you know what I was informed by other people and they gave me more information so I can clear up my thoughts or apologize but 
or speak up properly. So yeah, you're exactly right about informing yourself and trying to be more media savvy, especially right now. It takes more than just kind of reading stuff on your Twitter feed and thinking, oh, believing (laughs) the supposed fact that you might be reading. It means actually asking yourself, well, where does that fact come from? Is it coming from a reputable source? Did you see it triangulated? In other words, you've seen it in other sources. And even then, even if you've seen it in a number of sources, how credible are those sources? Do they have journalistic integrities? In terms of also kind of readying yourself, how else we ready ourselves is plan. Plan for ways of responding when you do speak up or want to speak out to certain issues. And I recognize that you can't anticipate all situations, but Mm -hmm. planning helps alleviate the fear. Can't eliminate the fear altogether. If we talk to any of your favorite superstar artists or singers They all tell you that they have stage fright. And the reason why is is because the stage fright or the fear, that initial fear, turns them on, meaning that they're getting ready to perform. So we can't ignore that. But at the same time, we should also plan or need to plan how do you want to speak to an issue if that's what you want to do. The other thing that I also suggest, too, is that consult with others. Find a mentor or watch and observe others who speak out to injustice. Take from them what you can learn, apply it, in the way that you know how, because the way I challenge somebody isn't going to be the way that you challenge somebody. I remember over a decade ago, I don't think you were at this dinner party, Sigs, but Uh our friend Tara was hosting a dinner party at her aunt's house. And one of our friends, I don't think necessarily intentionally meant to say this in a mean-spirited way, but made a transphobic Mm -hmm. comment. And very much did I challenge that employed some curiosity but firmness and I can say that our friend I also know Mm -hmm. that this person listens to our podcast and I just have to say if you know who you are I very much appreciate you know this person's willingness and openness to understand and be challenged Mm -hmm. and so I was prepared I was researched I planned consulted with others and was able to speak out to the injustice but I didn't get to that place and to that dinner table a week in advance a day in advance that had been practice and mentoring and researching in the making the other thing that I would also say is practice 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 you do Mm -hmm. kind of have to practice how you want to challenge and speak out to the injustice around you it's not easy so this is kind of where having a mentor is really helpful talking to like-minded individuals and find out what do you say how do you approach Mm -hmm. things I wish we could give a listicle of all the things that you can say, it would make life so much more easier, but people have to find their own ways of speaking out to injustice. The other thing that I would say is be kind to yourself. No one is ever perfect in responding to social injustice. I know some people have said to me, how do you do it so politely and diplomatically and so firm and tough at the same time? And it's like, if you peeked into what I was thinking, I was thinking, oh gosh, I'm making a mess of this. And, mm-hmm. and I just remind myself that it's like I'm speaking up to something that's hard to speak up to and there's no perfect way of doing it. But I think a good I, way of responding to fear is just being ready. And to borrow from RuPaul, it's like you're ready, you don't have to be ready. You look like you want to say something. The being kind to yourself and practice, 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 I think you just brought up some really good points, and I, I hope the listeners are listening. I, I was listening to a podcast with um, Anna Faris called Unqualified, and Amy Schumer was on, and she was talking about speaking up about social action, and she talked to her good friends and people she looked up and mentors, and she said, there are going to be times I fuck up, and I'm willing to learn from those times. And I think that really enforces, like, you know what, 
you consult with others and you might make those mistakes, but I'm going to make them and I'm going to learn from them. And this is like you always had said about the social action, the social injustice. This is everyday learning and that we constantly have to do. And you're right. If you're getting ready, you don't have to be ready. I think it does involve practice and keeping our ears open. Like there's a lot of things to navigate. And even my wife and I have discussions where I'm like, hmm, in this situation, what is the right thing to say or major discussions? And I think you have to give space enough to be like, okay, being open to hear, you know, what what's the appropriate way? And like you said, that this isn't the, the most perfect way to do it, and no one is ever perfect, right? I guess it's from learning and from others' experiences you can draw from. I think sometimes when I've spoken to people about this topic of wanting to speak up and speak out against social injustice, quite often people fear making mistakes, And then what ends up happening is that they end up avoiding speaking up and speaking out, which then Uh, makes it worse because mm -hmm. it makes it seem like that they have to say the most perfect, eloquent and wise (laughs) thing. That's unrealistic. It doesn't actually work that way. I think what matters at the end of the day is people actually speaking up and adding their voice to the chorus. You know, I Mm -hmm. think it's important for all of us to be able to speak up and speak out against any injustice or microaggressions or biases that we see and that we all do it in, in our own particular way. So again, the way I would challenge a transphobic comment or a heterosexist comment or a racist comment is going to be different than the way that you address that or any of our listeners for that matter. But you only get to that place if you work through the fear, not avoid speaking up and speaking out because you can't get it perfect and keeping that in mind that of course you can't get it perfect. And so it's better to just be kind to yourself and add your voice to the chorus. That's a good point. Kui, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How does our community, the Filipino community, how do we deal with fear? You know, I'll share with you my observations. The way mm-hmm. I typically see our community deal with fear is two ways, actually. One is, and they're kind of related, one is by adopting a very fatalistic attitude. You know, bahalana, uh-huh. as we've talked about before, that idea that nothing can be done. And so it's better to just do nothing and be silent. So if you see any injustice, don't really say anything and turn away and be silent and turn a blind eye. And I think it what that ends up doing is creating a culture of fear and silence. I think that book that I had reviewed last year, Patron Saint of Nothing, I can't remember the name of the author now. What was the name of the author? Randy Rabai. Oh, thank you. Did you read that too? We both did. We focused on that episode. It was a young adult novel, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Great Mm -hmm. novel. But you'll recall Mm -hmm. that there was this culture of silence in terms of how his cousin had died. He couldn't stand to sit with that culture of silence and he wanted to actually go figure it out and figure out why his cousin had died and how he succumbed to the drug wars in a Mm -hmm. lot of ways because no one was speaking out and speaking up about the injustice that his cousin had experienced. And so I do think that we take this idea of bahalana and turning a blind eye and staying silent, which I think at the end of the day, that can be very dangerous. In fact, so dangerous, it costs people their lives. I think a better way, though, that our community can deal with fear is by our value of accommodating others. You know, I think it would be better to summon 
and sometimes even remember our revolutionary past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you'll recall the struggles of history in that taste test that I had done while I was in the Philippines. That's right. Yeah. Of the mural of Botong Francisco. And what I was so struck by in watching that mural was not only just seeing the strength of Filipino men, Filipino women, what I also was struck by was the number of revolutionaries that were captured on this incredible mural. And so when I think about that, as the Philippines has sought out independence, it relied on a number of revolutionary thinkers to seek out independence from the Spanish, the Japanese, and the Americans. You know, what I would almost encourage is for people to research these revolutionaries. I think it's easy for us to tell people, but as I had said earlier, researching and learning is part of the process. You might be surprised at some of the revolutionary thinking that these individuals had. And if it wasn't for them speaking up, you know, the Philippines could still be a colony, a territory <laughs> of the United States in yeah. a lot of ways. And so are we lucky to some of these brave and we would think fearless, but I'm sure if we talked to them, if they were still alive today, they would still say that they had fear, but they just were able to work through it and not avoid it. I think that that's what we can do in terms of a community is look back to our revolutionary past and we may find some people, some incredible people who still was able to speak up to injustices and speak out and take action at the end of the day. So that kind of takes us to the fixing of the week that I know today's topic on speaking up as social action is part of our four-part collection on speaking to social injustices in this world, mm-hmm. you know, but part of it is actually the feeling of fear. And I would just want to remind all our listeners that fear signals a threat, which really means that it's a signal to prepare. So find a way to prepare. And my guess is is that we're all preparing in various ways when we need to speak up. And if we haven't been able to say something at that moment, it just means that we're just not prepared yet. So we need to go research, we need to go plan, and most importantly, we need to practice and keep in mind that we just can't be perfect. So speak up. Anything else to add, Six, before No, I think it's a great fixing of the week, and I like that you've reframed it into this is an opportunity for us to prepare uh, through education, and no, I I think you you put it quite well. Thanks, Six. Take us out. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, and suggestions for future topics on Holo Holo Podcast, email us at holoholopopculture at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, our handle's at holoholopop, and on Instagram at holoholopopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chel Turingen. We'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you soon, guys. <laughs>